I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Abby Graham is a grade 12 student who is looking to impact the world through kindness. After witnessing too many bullying incidents at her school, including the assault of a transgender person, she decided to create the Kindness Pledge to counteract hatred. We talk about her mission, the power of kindness, and what she is learning about being a leader. Abby Graham, welcome to Soul Sister Conversations. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm delighted to uh, host you today um, and introduce you and, and your passion to the world. And so let's jump right in. You are an activist and a high school student at uh, Centre Wellington in Ontario, and you've recently and become a founder of the Kindness Pledge. Now, recently, was it 2021 that you started this? Uh, no, it was January of 2022. So really recent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I love the idea of the Kindness Pledge and the work that you're doing. And I'm curious, can you tell us what is the Kindness Pledge and why did you start it? Yeah, so the Kindness Pledge is a pledge that individuals, businesses, and groups can take in order to promise to make our community more kind and inclusive. Um, it started back in October. It didn't launch till January, um, but I kind of got the idea after um, a transgender individual at my high school had been assaulted and sent to the hospital. And this wasn't just an isolated incident. It had been happening for months since the beginning of school. Um, and I wanted to create something that would reach my outside community. Mm. Have you always been an activist or was this something new that when, when this happened, that there's too many incidents of bullying that you wanted to do something, or have you always been someone that stood up to others or wanted to make life better for others? Um, I would say I've always kind of been an activist. My mom is a big activist, so um, she kind of taught me how important it is to use your voice to stand up for others. Yeah. And and when you had this particular incident at your school, uh, the assault, um, how did it make you feel? Um, scared, but not scared for myself per se, because um, obviously I'm I'm a um, a white cisgender female, so I usually, those things, um, they don't make me scared for myself necessarily, but I was more afraid for um, my friends who are transgender or anyone at my school that just is different from what people consider to be the norm. Mm. Yeah. And so did you feel at that time that something must be done and you were searching for, for something to do? And how did you land on the idea of the, the kindness pledge? Yeah. So it, when it happened, it was kind of just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like two, we had been seeing too many of these incidences. Like this wasn't the first time. Mm -hmm. And obviously after every time it was just like this, oh my God, like this can't keep happening. Like we need to figure something out. And then as soon as that happened, me and a bunch of other students had had enough. And we organized a meeting with students, teachers, and admin to possibly talk about some solutions. 
Um, and this kind of turned into a student action group where with a, a focus of trying to make our school a safer place for marginalized communities. But being in that, I still felt like I had more, there was more to do. And I wanted to not just reach my school, but reach the outside community. And a teacher at my school had been talking about the idea of making sports teams sign pledges. And if they break their pledge, like let's say saying a slur, being involved in a hate crime, they would be kicked off that team. And I was like, that's an awesome idea. I wonder if I can apply that somehow to our community. Wow. Yeah. And I love the idea. Can you tell us what is the mission? Uh, so when people take the kindness pledge, pledge what they, which they can do at the kindnesspledge.ca, correct? Yes. Yeah. So what, what is the mission of it? Uh, and, and the ultimate point then of getting people to sign a pledge, just as if you were uh, on a sports team. And if you commit this, you get kicked off. What, what, what is your hope around that? Unfortunately, I do not have the authority to kick people out of my community. Um, (laughs) But the mission is that the mission of the Kindness Pledge is to better educate communities on what they can do to make everyone feel included. Um, And so when you're taking the pledge, it's free, by the way, and takes less than five minutes. Um, You're reading an informational packet about what it actually means to be a kind and inclusive community. And so you're able to kind of take things from that package and implement them into your daily life. And it's, they're not like huge things either. Like being a kind and inclusive community is not hard to do. It's as simple as switching up your phrases and being respectful of other people, which people Mm. should already be doing. Right, right. It's not, it's not hard to be a kind human, but yet obviously there is some level of struggle because we have um, as you have seen in your own school community, incidents of bullying and good for you for using your voice and be able to speak up and make life better for other people. Um, like, how do you think or hope that this pledge will actually help people? What well, once they sign it, which I did today, I went to your um, website to that, um, and and I think the momentum and this idea will catch on. Um, because you're right, as I read through the, the pledge, it's very simple, and we'll review that in a few moments. But what, what do you hope that people, what will happen when they sign this pledge? Because it's a simple act, and there's no level of accountability other than reading it and committing it to it. And obviously, you know, it's an honor system that we, we're pledging to, to, to make life better for other people. So what is your hope around that when people sign this pledge? Um, when I started this um, pledge, it honestly, it was really frustrating because it was like, I'm, what, 17 years old. Why am I in charge of making my community better? But then I was thinking to myself is the idea of the pledge is not to completely change people. It's not to have somebody read it and then go, oh, wow, I'm going to completely change my ideals because that's just not realistic. So the idea of the pledge is that they will look And even if they don't agree with anything and they don't end up signing it, I just want to get the wheels turning in people's heads because you can never completely change someone, but you can give them a little, a teacher taught me this, you can give them a little seed that hopefully they dwell on for a little bit and hopefully um, over time evolve. But the real idea was to get people, because it's really easy to say, I want to be more inclusive, but it's really hard to find how you're actually going to do that. 
So by reading the pledge, you're basically committing to trying to implement that into your daily life. And when we have all of these community members taking our pledge, we're basically creating a group of people that want to do better and that support marginalized communities so that we have like a group of people that um, hopefully marginalized communities can look at and go, okay, I, I feel better now that I know that I have people that are backing me up that are going to, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what have you seen happening as a result of people taking the pledge? What kind of uh, maybe comments or effects that, that you've seen roll out from it from the beginning of this? Cause it really, you said you started this in January and here we are, we're just, it's barely April. Yeah. Um, it's been a mix of different opinions. I have a lot of people saying, wow, it's great that you're so young and doing this. And that's great and all, but there are tons of teens out there making a difference. And it just ha so happens that mine was picked up by the media. And um, it, honestly, it, it's been really, really pretty great on most sides. Um, obviously like I get, a, I've gotten a lot of wonderful opportunities from it. Um, but then there's also been the side of, I didn't think when la I launched this, that it was going to be something controversial. I kind of thought that kindness and inclusion were just kind of basic human rights and that right. it would be, you know, something people would just be like, yeah, I can get behind that. It's just about kindness and inclusion, but apparently I was wrong and apparently it is controversial so I have gotten a little bit of backlash from people who don't quite agree, which is unfortunate, but it was expected. Wow. So what, what aren't they agreeing with? Um, you know, the idea that you even started this thing that other people are doing it and that you're getting the attention or that you're even doing it at all. Well, I, as an advocate, I know that I'm not going to be liked by everyone. And I know that there are quite a few people that don't quite enjoy me as a person, because I am so vocal about these things. So I had the backlash from people, um, you know, anonymously posting that I'm doing this for, um, like, it's fake, and I'm just doing this for attention. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. But like, I don't think I would have spent like, over 20 hours a week on this if I was doing if this was just for like funsies but and then you have the whole other side of people that don't think that um trans individuals deserve respect they don't think that um people in the lgbtq plus community deserve respect they you know it's the whole other side of people being homophobic and transphobic and racist mm. And so even though you, despite you've had some pushback, which was, I guess, expected or not, what has been the positive impact? Have you heard from the marginalized communities, whether it's in your own school or in your, in your community? Um, I wouldn't say like looking at this project, like I've seen this big, like, I would love to say that I've seen this big shift and, you know, everything's great, but truly it's not, um, I also don't want to just say that, oh, I've heard from the marginalized communities and, you know, they're so thankful because like when you're talking about advocacy and marginalized communities, you should never be um, targeting marginalized communities for change. The reason I did this mm -hmm. was in hopes that people would educate themselves and um, 
And in doing that, it would make them stronger allies for marginalized groups. But I never wanted to completely target marginalized groups and go, I'm doing this for you. And I'm, this is going to make life better for you because honestly, it might not, you know? Right. Um, I Your am, purpose was to get other people educated about these important topics versus actually impacting the marginalized communities itself. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm a white, cis, straight woman. Um, I can't speak for a lot of the marginalized communities because I'm not a part of them. Hmm. And so let's talk about the five parts of your pledge and why they're important, because you're, you're speaking to one of those um, pillars in the, in the pledge. And the five parts of the pledge are be mindful of language, respect other people's identities, educate yourself and identify and acknowledge privilege and unconscious bias. And lastly, speak up, but not over others. So can, can you talk a little bit about being mindful of your language? Because you actually say in the pledge, if you slip up, correct it and move on. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, obviously, as society, we've been evolving since day one. You know, language is constantly being updated. Um, terms are constantly being updated. And so we need to keep rolling with the times and um, there's been a lot of phrases that people must have used in the past that are no longer okay today. And mm. it's okay if you slip up and you do say one of those because it does happen. The important thing is, is that you're just moving on quickly. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Move on. There's no need to dwell over it. Um, it's just an easy thing to fix. A lot of people have the mindset of, um, oh, well, I... I said this when I was a kid. So it's like, I'm from a different generation. So I'm able to say this. When in reality, you've been here the same amount of time as everybody else, you should be even more evolved. You know, um, mm -hmm. people like to excuse the older generation because, oh, well, they're from a different time, but they're living in 2022. So they should be evolving with the rest of us. It's honestly, it's a cop out. And I think it's a ridiculous excuse. And then there's also the side of people being like, oh, well, I'm friends with, I'm friends with a black guy. He said I could say that. Does one black person doesn't speak for an entire race of people? And, mm. you know, it's just the general rule of thumb is if you, if it sounds wrong, it probably is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you find yourself, will you call people out if they're using language like that? So it's one thing for the person to be mindful and go, Oh, I shouldn't use that and, and fix it and go move on. Is it easy for you to, to call that out? Or how do you address that when you hear people using language um, they shouldn't be? Yeah. Um, obviously it depends on different situations, but if someone like, I mean, I am a pretty like um, outspoken person. So I try to deal with these situations by just saying something like pick a different word or use a different mm -hmm. term just to kind of shut it down and move the conversation on quickly. I will admit though, sometimes I do get pretty fired up and it's more like, a, why would you use that? Why would you say that? I'm, let me educate you for 10 minutes on why you shouldn't say that. But I like to normally take it as just a pick a different word or we don't use that word anymore. Or I like the, we don't use that word here kind of mm -hmm. thing just to keep the group more inclusive, yeah. but um, I will admit to getting a bit aggressive with it. <laughs> well, th those are great tips, though, because I think people are often uncertain how to address 
things when they hear somebody using um, a, a word or a term. So that's a great one. We don't use that here. Or, you know, you can easily sort of, you know, poke it and and see if you can get them to move in another direction. The other one, um, the other pillar of your pledge is respect other people's identities. And you're talking about personal pronouns, which a lot of people use these days to, um, you know, whether they're straight or not, they do that, I guess, to to support other people, to to get us used to the idea that people use different pronouns. So can you speak to that about respecting other people's identities and how we do that? Yeah, um, I, w- I want to say that we've, you know, it's the same thing. We've evolved as a society and um, we're no longer fitting people into two boxes of male or female. And just because you present a certain way doesn't mean you identify with that gender. Um, so even if you are um, a female presenting female, it's still so great to, you know, if you're introducing yourself to a group of people, just be like, hey, my name's Abby and I use she slash her. Even though um, people would probably assume your pronouns to be correct, then that opens the floor to other people in the room being like, okay, if she's saying her pronouns, like I feel better saying mine because I present, let's say, as a female, but I use he slash him pronouns and I want people to call me that. It's just Mm -hmm. a basic rule of respect. If someone isn't married, you don't call them Mrs. Lloyd you call them Ms. Lloyd. You know what I mean? So why mm-hmm. why is it not the same with gender? If you don't present as male, why would I call you he, him? Um, and that's a big education piece because a lot of people don't understand the idea or the concept of gender and how it's not yeah. just two boxes. It's a big scale. And that's why I created this um, is because I wanted people, because once you have a better understanding of it, it's a lot easier to apply it to your daily life. Yeah, it sure is. Which brings us to the next pillar, which is educate yourself. And you said it's important to educate yourself and being a good ally for marginalized groups, educating your staff in a business or group can help eliminate microaggressions, which are phrases or ideas that might might not seem harmful, but can be very hurtful to people. And make sure your education is coming from credible sources and not just someone's um, a personal opinion. And I'm curious, how do you encourage people to get educated, especially young people? Yeah. Um, one thing, um, I'm a big advocate for, and I'm trying to push for is schools, um, educating kids about these social justice topics Mm. in their schools. Um, um, we're seeing like in Florida, they don't say gay ban popping up, but education is the most powerful thing when it comes to being a better ally. So we need more education in schools. These learning about pronouns and learning about institutionalized racism should be a part of our daily curriculum. Um, I also think that education is such a key part in this because if you're not educating, continuing to educate yourself as the years progress and as our times progress, you're going to fall behind and you're going to be saying things that are out of date or treating people that are out of date. Um, when I'm educating myself, I always like to look at where I'm getting my education from because there are various sources that are very, very biased. It's Fox News. Um, mm-hmm. um, and you don't want to get anything that's biased or that is someone's personal opinion. You need It needs to be backed by facts and evidence um, in order to be credible. And that's why a big reason why I created the Kindness Pledge was to create an area where people can 
go and find free online resources that's easy to read, accessible. And that's why I have all of the allyship guides from made by the Grove Hubs in Fergus. Mm. So people are able to just go, oh, I want to better support the LGBTQ plus community in my town. I'm going to hit this how to be an ally. I'm going to read through this booklet and I'm going to learn a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really important point you've made to keep up with the times because you're going to fall behind because things are constantly changing. Language is changing. Yeah. And, um, and, and for some people, eventually that they just kind of forget about it, right? If it's not front and center. And, um, and I'm thankful that we have so, so, I guess we're talking about this a lot more. So it's keeping it front and center and certainly having people like yourself who are creating things like the kindness pledge that helps, helps us um, stay focused on it and not lose sight of, of what we need to know and to be sensitive to these communities. But to your point, it, you're not here to change people. You're here to like plant some seeds and get people educated um, about this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Your fourth pillar is identify and acknowledge privilege and unconscious bias. Um, what do you want to say about that? So this can be a tricky one. Um, people often get really offended by the idea of privilege, especially white people. Um, mm -hmm. They don't like to admit that we have privilege because they view it as a bad thing when it, it's literally in the name. It's privilege. It's a good thing. Um, but it's such a crucial part in making an inclusive community and acknowledging those privileges and injustices. Like, um, as a white woman, um, for an example, I don't feel afraid when I get pulled over by the police. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to be racially profiled. I don't feel like I'm going to be assaulted. I feel completely fine. And that in itself is privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, as a straight a straight woman, I never feel scared. I would never feel scared be showing public affection to my partner because I know that it's the cultural norm and people are going to just, oh, and just move on. Whereas if I was a part of the 2S LGBTQ plus community, I might feel like I'm, I might be assaulted for that. Mm. And so it's just taking, um, just acknowledging the privilege you have over others. It's not to say that I'm superior to you, but it's just saying that because of what's happened in the past, I have an advantage over you and I'm going to acknowledge that and I'm going to figure out the inequalities that we have because in order, if we don't acknowledge our privilege, we won't be able to fix inequalities in the world because when people, I don't like to use the word equality, I like to use the word equity because we will never be equal every Every group in society will never be equal because our society is was built on racism and it was built on patriarchal views. And so it's just the acknowledging our privilege and figuring out what we can do or what things that other groups need in order to become more equitable to us. Mm. Yeah, great point. Yeah. And that's something that I'm hearing more about is equity and that you're right. There is a difference because we often used to think in terms of equality. So, it, you know, it's all coming together. What you're talking about, these pillars, you know, keeping up with the times and understanding what we're actually talking about here. Yeah. Equity well, is not just giving everyone the same thing because certain groups may need different things or need more of something and less of something because of how our, our system is built. And that's why a lot of people nowadays are liking the term equity better 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And the last pillar that you um, have in the kindness pledge is speak up, but not over others. And I like this one because, you know, I think often people think that they're, they're trying to help by speaking on, they don't realize they're crossing the line into speaking on another's behalf, even though they may have good intentions. So can you address that? What you mean by speak up, but not over others? Yeah, it can be so easy to be an advocate and advocate for advocate for change, especially for other groups of people. The worst thing that you can do is guess what another group needs. Um, there's that famous example of the head of Indigenous Affairs um, giving, and this is one of my favorite examples. One of my closest friends always brings this up, but the um, head of Indigenous Affairs giving this reserve, they spent thousands of dollars to buy them um, heaters, and but they didn't give them the training how to how to actually imp, how to like hook them up into their homes. They just were like, "Here's all these heaters. You're welcome. You're not going to be cold anymore. Like you're welcome. Here we go." Um, but. N- none of the people in the reserve knew how to hook them up because they hadn't been trained on how to do that. So when they went back it, like a couple months later to see how everything was working out, they were using them as TV stands because that's not like they didn't know how to hook them up and it wasn't an, a direct need in their community. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to listen because you can't speak up if you don't know what to say. So it's best to listen to marginalized groups and, listen to what their actual needs are, and then advocate for change. But Or um, using your place of privilege, like as a white woman, um, I can use my place of privilege to elevate marginalized groups' voices. Um, mm. And it, it all, you're right, it all interconnects. And it's just all about educating yourself and knowing when it's time to speak up, but also knowing when it's time to sit down and listen to other people. Hmm. Great point. What have you learned about the power of kindness? A lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am so grateful that I have so many different kind people in my life. And I know that um, somebody today, they just gave me a flower at school. Like they were like, hey, I didn't know this person. They just said, do you want this flower? And I said, yes, but it made me so internally happy because I was like, what a nice thing to do. Just give out flowers to random people. And the small it's funny how the smallest things in your life can bring you the most joy. And so I mm-hmm. think it's incredible when, you know, it could be as big as like doing this huge gesture for someone or just like getting a compliment, you know, when you're passing someone on the street, it just makes you feel so good. And it makes you want to do that for other people because, you know, it's it's like a ripple effect. And so I think kindness is super powerful. Yeah, it has a lot of momentum once you get it started. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which I think you're doing with the kindness pledge. And I want to circle back around the beginning of our conversation when you talked about you didn't realize that this would be a controversial thing, like how hard is it to be kind? So you're taking on this cause and trying to promote it and create an impact outside of your school to, to ripple out into your community. So I'm curious what you have learned about leadership and leading a cause like that. What, what has become clear to you about that? Yeah. Um, I think. Or opened uh, your eyes. 
Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I definitely learned was that I'm never going to change every single person's opinion because it it was hitting me really hard to hear like the continuous of these hate crimes and just it was very frustrating because I was like, how more how much more can I yell at people before they get it? But it you truly you're not going to please everyone and um and that's something you just kind of have to deal with. But I think I had another really big thing I learned was um just like how to be a better leader. I think growing up um, as a very extroverted female, I was called bossy a lot and mm. for what I thought was leadership. And so growing up, I always thought, you know, like, don't, don't say that, like kind of keep your opinions to yourself and let somebody else take the lead. But in doing this, I've kind of um, thankfully learned that um, I am not bossy. It is just being a leader and it's just our society trying to peg women in a negative light for speaking up and having a voice. And I think it's really important to teach young girls, especially that um, being a female leader is not bossy. And um, are we allowed to swear on here? Not being a, a bitch. Take, you can take that out if you need. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> but I feel like, um, I've definitely been called those in the past and I've felt like, okay, like I'm going to fix change what I'm doing. No, no, I don't care. I, um, I want to be a leader. And if that means other people calling me those words, even though I am not, because I'm a great leader, um, that, that just is what it is. Well, very well said. <laughs> I was curious what your perspective was on that because, uh, you know, that's, it's just interesting here. You are taking on a cause at a young age and, um, you know, ultimately you're going to learn some things from that. So yeah, those are great reflections. Um, I'm curious what are next steps for the kindness pledge? Do you, do you have a vision or a plan for that? Yeah. Other than maybe, um, continue obviously to, to grow it and have people be, you know, become aware of it. Yeah, I always knew that I didn't want this to just be a one-time thing. Um, I wanted things to come out of that, and I think they have, um, just with all the opportunities I've been given over the last couple months. But one thing I am going to be creating in my community is um, a youth collective um, that are basically youth in our community coming together and figuring out what, they, what they're passionate about and what they want to do that reflects that passion. Like if they're really, um, really passionate about 2SLGBTQ plus issues, you know, maybe we're um, figuring out the places in our town that are the most unsafe for them and figuring out what can we do in those areas to um, make it feel safer or whether it's starting a support group. And so I just want to take a, a group of youth and have them be change makers in my community and hopefully have that ripple off in other communities because I think youth perspective is often left out of the political talk a lot because you know we're young and we don't know what we want but in reality there's a lot of issues that are directly affecting us and we are quite a powerful group of people so I just want to make mm -hmm. youth voices in my community heard um, and I want to help them to fix what they think needs to be fixed in this community and others, hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're quite the inspiration. And I'm, I'm curious, because you're doing this kind of work, and I know you're a senior in high school, 
Um, how is this kind of work going to impact what you do with your life or your career in the future? I know we don't have to have it all figured out right now, but um, are you thinking about that as you head off to either university or wherever your next plans are going to take you? Yeah, um, I've always known that I wanted to go into some kind of advocacy work um, down the road, but um, I just accepted my offer to U of Ottawa for their conflict studies and human rights. So I'm excited to um, hopefully go down a path of working in advocacy in the humanities. So this is definitely a good experience for me, um, even just with like all the email communications and interviews, like all of that is, I'm sure going to benefit me down the road. Mm, yeah, I can only imagine where this is going to take you. So um, you're someone to watch. <laughs> you're uh, um, a spitfire and a firecracker and a, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a young leader. And, um, you know, when you're starting this young, you, you only have this as a foundation upon which to build. So it'll, it'll be amazing to see where, where you go and what you can do and how you impact things. Um, I'm curious, what do you want people to walk away with from our, from our conversation today? Well, first thing, hopefully they'll take the pledge if they haven't already. Um, but I just want, I think it's um, nice to, you know, hear some people just have a conversation about these types of things because it does truly get people thinking about their um, their life and their personality and um, what they're going to do to change. But I think also like a lot of people, especially when it comes to big political leaders, they um, they're often shown in a certain way in the media that portrays them negatively. And so I think when these sit down conversations kind of show a little bit of humanity in people, I'm sure there's tons of people who think I'm this raging bitch who, you know, is constantly, um, you know, is the sensitive snowflake who's always, um, yelling for change and, um, demanding change and calling people out. But in reality, um, I just want my town to be better for my friends and family. And just I like people to see a bit more of a softer side of me, a more playful <laughs> side and less yeah. of a, a tyrant. So I think that's good. <laughs> well, that's certainly always perception. And it's interesting that you've had to battle that already um because that's what happens it seems like anytime that someone raises their voice or pops their head up then you had already said that it could be easier for you just to be quiet and let someone else take the lead but you don't want that you want you want to be able to be involved in out front and creating that change and um so yeah it, unfortunately you get all of it when you when you're a leader and um i can only imagine what you're going to learn as you as you move forward and with what with, with your studies and whatever else that you take on in your advocacy so um i wanted to end our conversation um with the pledge just to read it because i think it's a great note to to end on but is there anything that you wanted to say that i haven't asked you about i don't think so <laughs> Yeah, except go to thekindnesspledge.ca yeah. and sign up, whether you're an individual, a group, or a business. And it's a simple um, a little pledge where you read what, what is involved and um, you sign it. And um, and what happens with these um, as, you, as you collect names? What, what happens with it? Do you use it then as a... Um, 
uh, and I guess evidence or something going forward to show the number of people that are beginning to to support this and and to help you build the momentum? Yeah, well, it, for one, it is you know a place where you can say this. Well, right now it's over a thousand. I say a thousand people want to are committing to making their communities more kind and inclusive. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. How are you going to join us? Um, but then also there's an option to. Um, you know, get our emails, which we haven't been sending out lately because uh, I've been a bit busy, but, um, or be interviewed on our website. And so we have a human library section where you can see other people that have taken the pledge and why they took the pledge and what, what are they doing, you know, to um, better their own community. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. like a source of inspiration. Yeah, a big source of inspiration. Yeah, and that's how you build that momentum. So I I wish you well in in collecting those names and getting um getting people involved and in, and in doing exactly what you wanted to do, which is to to educate and you know elevate elevate this to where it should be, so that people are paying attention. And like as I said, I'll end on this note, and it's the pledge that you ask people to take. And you say, I pledge to do my best to make my community more safe and inclusive. I will take responsibility for my actions and do my best to educate myself for the better of others. I understand that in making everyone feel included, I will need to speak up, but not over others. And I pledge to stand up against transphobia, homophobia, racism, ableism, sexism, and xenophobia. Above all, I pledge to spread kindness above hate and to create a more inclusive community. Thank you, Abby, for your time today and for sharing your insight and um, your advocacy. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast and it's been so fun. Yeah, well, that, 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 time just flew as it always does. So I, I super appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Me too. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at Coach Dana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.